are listening to another episode of the Get Me Cashflow Game podcast with K&K. And besides sweating our butts off in here because it's about 85 degrees, we have an exciting guest, Nick Davison. He is also a friend. He's a fellow Avenger with Kenny. And he's an all-around badass. Yeah, honestly, I uh, have to say that um, if you are in the real estate game, if you buy property, flip property, if you're that person like like all of us trying to find that off-market deal, right? Or how do you, like, look. Just find it. The deal. one thing I will tell you about Nick is when the big dogs around town are calling him and saying, how did you land that deal for that price? How did you get that one? How did you get this one? Or how did you get that rehab done so quickly? Yeah. You know, things like that. Like, love him or hate him, whatever you know about Nick Davison, you should definitely tune in. Um, because the thing is, is that he, I'm not going to tell you here where he gets most of his listings. You'll be shocked, but people are paying You need to pay attention because he's doing something right. He's crushing it by getting deals below market price. He's crushing it because he's figured out, Hey, how to get out of 30 properties I bought or units, how to get 26 out successfully, how to get the D, how to basically get the rehab done quick. I mean, there's a lot. We went through so many cool little nuggets of information. Like, honestly, even Crystal and I are like, walk away. Like, we were learning something. We always go on a podcast, but... Well, we were even walking away saying, hey, we need to implement this. So, I mean, Nick basically included a ton of actionable advice. Uh, contrary to his belief, he's very, very good at coaching and talking to people. It's what he loves. Uh, he's done over 800 flips. He started from nothing. Uh, he has not been handed anything in his life. So that's the same story as many of us. And he's just a really great reminder of how you can build something significant from nothing. Yeah. And like I said, there's very good tactical advice that any, whether you're a big investor or small, Crystal would agree with me, there's something to learn. And this makes sense why people are paying him 25000 50000 100000 for coaching because uh, he is a very process-oriented person, and he basically runs us through some of his processes that I guarantee you even very experienced flippers and real estate investors are not implementing in their businesses. So, um, yeah, before we jump in, we need you guys to do us a favor, share this, get these messages out there. Look, we're putting our time and effort in here to bring guests on and go through. This is for you guys, too. Like, there's a lot of wealth. Like we could just have private conversations or phone calls. There's a lot of good information here. You guys should like it. You should share it. You should give us the five star ratings. But you know, the more, the bigger we get, the bigger guests we can get. And like I've always say, we appreciate you guys that listen. We appreciate you guys that are following us. If there's any guests you want to hear, reach out to Monty too. We love interviewing people because I like talking and listening and learning. But otherwise, Crystal, should we get into it? Yeah, I'm going to go stand in front of the freezer. Uh, and try to cool down. And you guys listen to this episode with Nick Davison. Oh, man. Yeah. Nick, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Appreciate you. So, boy, um, we kind of go way back with Nick. I know. So there's like, we actually, Nick Ooh. and I hung out all weekend long. Yeah, we did. And it's kind of, we have so many things we could talk about. But we're here to talk about real estate yeah. and how we think you guys can improve on your real estate game yes but sure. honestly we should talk about how we met do you guys we remember where should. we first met where did we first meet do you know you don't even remember i don't remember there's two places we met me and my lady were in um oh west elm west elm yeah it was like a tuesday at one in the afternoon and like uh, magically as if we're the only people that have the freedom and luxury to do whatever we want during the day we're like, what do these bastards over here think they do for a living that they can just take off on like a Tuesday to go shopping? <laughs> and we were totally like, the same. like, I guess this yeah. Nick guy doesn't totally work judging. <laughs> so we never talked to you guys, but then Michelle Ives invited us. Oh, that's right. And we were at that little, yes. Oh, that's, that's where I met right. Yads. That's where I met you guys. And I was like, wait a minute. I know you guys. You guys were the key. You guys were the people next to us. We were stalking you. It was so cool. No, it's just like goes to show, like, hey, 
if you want to know who the the badass ballers are, go to a West Elm on like a Tuesday afternoon, casually shopping for like. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Man. That's where you can That's find the, the dudes. It's so funny though, because sometimes we'll be driving around during the day, and I'm like, "Who the hell are all these people? Don't no. they work?" I know. Like, this is I swear, we say that all the time. <laughs> well, no, they're not working now because uh, you can't. They're not working. Yeah, that's right. You should go work because there's plenty of jobs out there. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. So, Don't get Kenny started on that. Yeah, we were talking about all weekend yeah. too. Everybody was. So Nick, give us a little yeah. background of like how you got here today. Mm. Where do we start? <laughs> start, from, start from the womb. From the womb. <laughs> well, there I was just sitting there in my nice jacuzzi. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, so real estate's always been a passion of mine and it started with my family, my father, my grandfather, my aunt, uncles, everyone was in real estate. And, um, I remember at around eight years old, knocking on doors, collecting checks with my dad Crazy. They had rentals. Right. And so I was like, dude, this is the, this is the baddest job ever. My dad's a badass. He just knocks on doors. People hand him money. This is exactly what I want to do when I grow up. Right. So um, I remember sanding garages, painting fences, et cetera. And then the late 80s, early 90s hit. They're way over leveraged and they lose everything, right? Um, So it's kind of like the pursuit of happiness. And just to quickly get through it, um, life happens hard. And so parents split up. I'm with mom, middle school, high school-ish. You know, we become homeless. uh, And I'm just like, yo, I just need to eat. We were just hungry. And I was tired of buying like 25 cent little C, like little Susie uh, snacks, those little zebra cakes. Yeah. I would totally live off those suckers, right? So I found a lawnmower, changed the spark plug, started knocking doors. And I'm like, I'm just going to start hitting up everybody in the neighborhoods in the town, right? Knock on the door. Hey, I'll mow your lawn for, I'll mow your lawn for five bucks. Now, kid, get out of here. How about three? No. How about a dollar? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it for free. And then I'm going to come back next week and get the job. And they'd be like, dude, this kid, all right, mow the lawn. They'd throw me 20 bucks every time. Even if I didn't get the job, I was, I was closing deals. So I'd stack, stack, stack. I'd wash cars. I'd, I'd do everything was a business, right? So I'd mow, mow lawns, shovel horse shit, whatever we can do. It was a, it's a small, like, farm town. Um, and then in high school, I'm going to high school. Uh, I graduate high school, kind of. We won't get into it. I was expelled from, I was expelled from high school. Um, nice class clown, real, real nice. <laughs> you class clown, that's weird. Class clown, but also you know, like, <laughs> class clown expelled Valedictorian. <laughs> I don't know how I got there. I just did it. So, um, no, I, I I get out of high school, um, and then I buy my first house at nineteen with an aunt and uncle of mine. Wow! And I'm thinking, yo, they're gonna help me show them show me the ropes. What's going on? Um, I trust them. They've seen me go through my struggles, and then you know the people that you think you can trust the most. Uh-oh totally take advantage of you right so they manipulated me lied to me i was like it was like probably my second emotional breakdown at 19 years old the first one was probably younger than that going homeless and then i start all over come down from ventura county down here to san diego i work in commercial framing for maybe four or five years i stack i save i beans and rice budget it was like the dave ramsey save 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 and then it was a transition over to robert kiyosaki which was like invest right so then i do that for four or five years um, I buy my second house on near the freeway in Escondido off the 78. It was a manufactured home, apartment building on the right, a commercial lot on the left. Nobody was thinking it was going to be a good deal. I definitely was thinking, yeah, this is, this is a sweet deal. I buy it for like 100 grand, wow. put 20 into it, and then I sell it for like 250. Now, here's the magic. Day two after I bought it, I found a realtor, convinced him to to show the buyers that property. It was, it was garbage. I'm talking like homeless live there, holes in the walls, graffiti, human feces on the floor. It was nasty, right? But I showed them some photos of what it would look like when it's done. And I said to them, hey, what we'll do is I'll go into escrow. I won't even put it on the market. But I was going to list it at 225 If you guys go into escrow with me at 250 right now, it's a done deal. Military family, couldn't find a house, was, trying to, was tired of competing. So right then and there, Buy it on day one, into escrow day two or three, renovate for the next two weeks, appraisal, and then close in a total of 32 days. And I made like 68 or $72,000 net profit. And that was like, like, this is it. (laughs) This is it. I'm like, I'm running, right? So just reinvest that money. Get to the next house. Five houses, 10 houses, 15, 20, 30, 50, 75 houses in a year was my best year years and years ago. And that was also wholesaling and flip. So here we are. A little over 10, 15 years later, I've done over 750 houses. Um, it's probably more than that, but who the hell counts on that, right? So 
750 house flips. Shit ton. I've, I've done a, apartment buildings, smaller units here in town, five to 30 units. I'm buying uh, 30 complexes at a time. And then I'm also doing what is my newest passion is just focusing on the, on the um, coaching program. So I really, I, the money's great, but at a certain point, I say the, the numbers get numb. So the numbers get numb. You're just like, cool, it's an extra like 30, 50, 100 grand. And I don't mean to say that to be prideful. I just say that it, you, don't, you don't get the excitement as you once did. Yeah. So seeing someone that's struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, that's just not happy with where they're at, not getting the juice out of the life they want, right? And seeing them change, making a quick 50 Gs, 100 Gs on their first deal, I'm like, dude, these guys, are, girl, guys and girls are so damn grateful. You've changed their life. The emotions that get poured into you, I'm like, yo, that's the jam right there. That's the secret sauce. So don't get me wrong. I want to help out as much as I can. I also want to make a shit ton of money. So yeah. That's shit. where I'm at. Yeah. That's, I, that's so cool, though, because I feel like I know so many apartment owners who, mm-hmm. same deal. Like, yeah. they made the money. They built everything from scratch. And then they get numb. Or they're kind of like, I figured this thing out. Like, I mm-hmm. need another challenge. And then they go and they buy, like, you know, office buildings or, like, these uh, do start doing construction and then they lose mm. their ass. Totally. And it's not really curing the itch. So it's just cool that you were able to kind of figure out coaching as yeah. a good segue mm. to kind of, like, reinvigorate you and teach other people in the process. Yeah. No, I'm, like, super grateful for it. I've always liked that. It probably stems from where I, where, how I grew up, right? I you looked out some rough times, I yeah. think, in your upbringing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wish there was, uh, and there was mentors along the way. I'm not going to say like it wasn't done on my own. Nobody does it on their own, right? I think that everyone has that one person, whether they're in your life for a day and it's, it changed your mindset. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. Right, whether they know it or not, they remember or recognize it, but it was definitely, you know, I wish there was just more of those uncles, that, those mentors, those second fathers, that brother, that guy that's going to keep it real with you, not just telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. But telling you what you need to hear, giving you that, as I call it, checkup from the neck up. So did you actually, did you have a mentor that you actually looked to? I just like to clarify this for people yeah. because some people think they don't have anybody to have a mentor, you know, to mentor them. But, you know, Robert Kiyosaki could be your mentor or, you yeah. know, whoever, like Dave Ramsey or, you know, they don't have to be people that are physically talking to you mm-hmm. all the time if you don't have access to that. Yeah, I would say that if it wasn't like, certain family members or f- friends of the family, then my very first one was Dr. Dolph DeRoos. And so if, and, and I was probably 14 years old, I was working, I hear this commercial on the radio and it was Dr. Dolph DeRoos, how to invest in real estate and, and live like, you know, like no one else. I spent the 300 bucks I had to buy that. And it was just a step-by-step program teaching you about houses and leases and mortgages, et cetera, renters. And I just tore through that. And so that was the first one, right? Then I was introduced to Dave Ramsey, which was like beans and rice budget, save, save, save. But then it was Robert Kiyosaki, right? And it wasn't Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book, because I never read a book from cover to cover. It was the damn board game that I was like, bro, this cash is- flow. Cash flow. Yeah. thank you. It we was, have that game for the girls, too. We it's have it already, yeah. It's so, it's so powerful to understand, to teach you how to go from assets, pay for your liabilities, right? And so- and then when, when I really felt like a genius is when I heard that Robert Kiyosaki was like my real estate mentor because he shows you all of his like accountants, his attorneys, everything. His real estate mentor was Dr. Dolph DeRoos. Oh, oh my gosh. Circle. Dude, I was like, what the hell are the chances this guy is his mentor? I felt like, That's Damn. crazy. I never even knew about him. Yeah. I still have this stuff today. And wow. when I meet him, I want to show him me at 13 or 14 years old writing and filling out his book. And how that changed my life. Because I was bored in high school. I wanted to like, yo, here's, what's your, goal, here's your goals and dreams in 10 years at 25, 35. It's just sweet. Yeah. So that would be, I would say that would be definitely an answer to the mentorship if it wasn't someone close to me that I didn't know. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like sometimes people use that as maybe their excuse that yeah. they can't get started because there's not some like rich person in their life, wealthy person right. who's going to walk them, you know. Right every step through the way. Like most of us don't have that. We just have to look to other people for mentors again, whether they know it or not. And then you have to physically do the work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And take the risk, right? So there was a guy that was in the, in our town. I'm sure it was one of many of his houses, but you know, supposedly he was a billionaire and I offered to work for the guy to mow lawns, wash cars, do everything I could for him just to sit in his office for one hour of silence. 
I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to hear what he's talking about, right? So even if you don't have the mentor, having the guts to go out there, having the risk of getting rejected and saying like, yo, I'd like to, I'd like to know what you do, but I don't want to take up any of your time. I have nothing to offer you that's of value other than just like, you know, assistant work. But knowing what he's talking about is powerful, right? Like someone sitting in our office teaching people that are, people are paying us fifteen, twenty-five, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 to train them, come hang out in my office, come hang out in your guys' office. You're going to learn some shit, right? Sure. No, yeah. that's a good, I mean, that's a good point. I was going to jump on this is, I mean, we get people calling us all the time. You do. We talked about that. Like people mm-hmm. call you, they like want to pick your brain and mm-hmm. brain and go, how do I get in the game or how to do this and that? And what do you, I mean, somebody's listening to this, whatever. What is, what are you finding with people that are like just holding them back? Like, what do you see where people aren't having success or holding them back? Mm-hmm. Just to, just the part of getting started. What do you think the big thing is for people? Yeah. I think it's just the fear. It's the rejection. And it, and it probably stems from the fear and, or their comfort. They're too damn comfortable. And they're in their circle of influence where it's just their boys, their neighbors, it's the same old people. How often do they get out around somebody that's going to call them out on their shit to fire them up, to get them excited, to show them a life that they don't know about, to feel it, right? So um, a friend of mine from out of state comes into town. He's got a job and a family, and he comes in, he hangs out for like a week. And he's cruising around me, and we're doing our thing and my lifestyle, and he's just like, dude what do I got to do to get this? I'm like, well, first of all, first and foremost, you're doing it right now. You've asked to come hang out. You, you made a sacrifice to take some time off work. You came out and you were, you were open to seeing something different. You were open-minded, right? So like Ray Dalio talks about, one of his principles is being open-minded. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not open-minded to learning something new, you don't have that drive to learn something new or at least ask to take the risk just say, hey, man, I, I, I admire, or, or, or take the ego away. Here's another good one, right? Take the ego away, bro. I don't have a problem with going to you and be like, yo, Crystal, I admire everything you're doing. I love your lifestyle. Like, whatever it is you guys are doing, I, I'd love to learn. What can I do? How do I get there? What's my first steps? That's it. Ask. Just, just ask. ask. Dude. That's one thing you're great at, Nick. Like, I yeah. love that you walk into rooms. Like, we even tease about this. Like, you, you know, you're in the room with, like, some massive uh, yeah. successful business person or apartment owner, and you're like, how much money do you make? Yeah, do it you know? totally. Like, no, not gross. Net, net. We were doing that. Yeah, we were. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And people I, don't want to ask those questions because it's taboo yeah. or whatever. And in this day. Okay, so no, let's be honest. Yeah. Like we were talking about, there's Instagram. A lot of those people lie. If you get them in a room, they won't go in the room because they're like, I can't because they're going to get called out. Right. Yeah, they so are. So what's the worst that somebody's going to say? No, right. I don't feel comfortable telling you that. Yeah, that's right. And people and that are okay. real will tell you. I've asked the question, and I've had people go on the full spectrum of, hey, that's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, I understand. And I'm just glad I asked because now I know where I stand. Yeah. Or it's been like, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, in, we're in a car with somebody, and like, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And like, but next thing you know, we walk into House of Blues, and you guys are continuing the conversation. It's getting deep. Yes. And I came over, and it was somebody going through every aspect yeah. and this and that. But obviously, they make a lot of money. Yeah. And then Nick turned to them and said, hey, you know, just an FYI. I know you're used to walking in a room and being the big dick, you know, swinging your mm-hmm. dick around, mm-hmm. but in this room, you're average. Yeah. And for, that's why we're talking about here is put your room in a person where you think you're, right. you're the big dick swinging guy yeah. in the room. You go in a room in average, you're going to sober up real quick and realize, dude, I got a lot. No, you have a lot to learn. There's yeah. a lot of people there, right. not right. just real estate. They know a lot of shit and you're like, holy smokes. Yeah. And I feel like uh, he respected it too. It was like, hey man, normally the rooms you're in, you are the biggest wallet. Yeah. But here, bro, we all got money. Like nobody really, nobody really cares about what your money situation is yeah. like. Who are you, dude? Yeah. Can you relax and have a good time? Can you be yourself like fully, fully transparent yeah. without, without the risk? And I think, I don't know if he, I don't know if he told you or somebody else. He's like, I don't know what it is, man, but Nick's, Nick can get it out of me. Nick pulls it out of me somehow. I just want to get to know you, dude. I want to know. Well, we were having fun with them in the car and joking around. Oh my god! I think like, we're just like like us together. Well, just yeah, you though. But dude. we're we're no. like comically, but we break the ice with people and we break right. it. Even his wife was like, he's never this comfortable. Right. Like, but we know. 
Yes. We know he's like that. We just bring him down and be like, dude, totally. just come to planet Earth here. Like, you don't have to be this guy. We right. get it. Just bring here. Yeah, you can be man. it on your stage, but here it's like, just be, yeah. just be real. It's yeah. almost like it goes back to like, if money didn't matter and you exactly. had an endless budget for anything, who are you? What do you want to do? What would you do with your time? I kind of want to go back to like being a child in a sense, right? Like not a total child, but like high school was just energetic and fun. Like, let's go like climb a bridge, ride a bike down a hill and like feel the wind in your hair. Like get on it. Like get that adrenaline rush as a kid, get excited to wake up and be like, dude, I'm sorry, go to bed and be like, I cannot wait to wake up and like get after this. I can't go wait. I can't wait to go to the skate park and like hit that ramp again. Just what I was doing. Right. I feel like you do that a lot. Yeah, I do. Like you're very good at that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are, have a hard time like enjoying yeah. themselves because life is so serious when you're an adult yeah. and you have responsibilities and everything. But yeah. you're very good at so let's talk. Enjoying. Let's talk about that yeah. because I think, like I always ask people to on here, I'm like, what are your strengths? Because you know, mm-hmm. what are your strengths? And I think one of them is is you. It took you time, but you have now. You have the life. You had the ability to figure out. Okay, if I want. Like somebody says, what's your perfect day? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine it? Yeah. And I'll just do that every day. Well, how? Well, back into it. Right. So you kind of have like, not every day, but yeah. a lot of times you have your yeah. perfect day. I do. So how did you back into that and get here? Uh, I got tired of being tired of working. So my 20s, when I'm 36, 37 now, 20s, there was no balance. I loved what I did. I still do love what I do, but I was passionate. And I was excited to get up, to make another offer, to negotiate with the contractor, to find more money, to da 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 right? But then in the 30s, the kids started coming around, and um, it is something I, I am grateful, and I'm, and I'm lucky, whatever you want to call it, right, that I always thought 10, 20, 30 years down the road. I always, always had in my head, I want to have my business. The true plan was graduate high school, become a nurse, because the only person in my family that was like really, really stable, good money, this and that, was, was one of my aunts. And I thought, boy, that was nice to see that it was stability. So be a nurse and then get into real estate investing after 25 and then have my business at 25, kids at 30, and then retire at 35, right? So that was first and foremost, having that vision, getting around the people like we talked about, not being nervous to get there, right? But then it was, the work is just getting to be more work as the kids come. And it could be for you, could could be for you, something different. It doesn't have to be kids, right? But something that finally was like, you know what? I'm not here because I want to be here. I'm tired of being here. And I have the ability to not be here at the, at the office or wherever you're at working. So what's holding me back? It's you. It's your mind. It's just making that switch. Like Anthony Robbins says, some people go, oh boy, it took me 20 years to have a moment. No, it didn't. It took you that moment to have that moment. So how many different ways, how many different styles or or times are you going to need to hear it from kenny or crystal stop working after four hours stop working after four hours and then someone else says it a different way and five years later boom we all know how that goes your friend family member spouse whatever goes i've been telling you that for how long (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh okay well it finally clicked it finally had a moment so i had that moment and i'm like you know what it just doesn't matter so let's try it out i'm not going to respond to those emails I'm not going to, I'm going to learn things to do about how to shut it off. I'm going to turn on this, this, the settings on the phone of like, hey, after I'm on the Instagram or the Facebook or whatever, after two hours, it shuts me off. And having that self-control of not clicking an additional 15 minutes, right? Airplane mode, shut it down, dude. So you just have to get to a point, I feel like it's that painful point where you're like, damn, I am, not, I am tired of this. Or have a life-changing event where you're like, someone passes, or you're around someone that doesn't have as much as you, right? And so luckily for me, one of my first jobs was delivering medical equipment. For five years, it was my first job. I delivered hospice. We had a hospice contract, and so I would deliver hospital beds, oxygen, wheelchairs to people that are passing away. I'd get to know them after an hour or two, and then two weeks later, come back, and they'd be, they'd be gone. Wow. I'd be picking up wow. the same bed that I set up, set up for them and be gone. And I'd set up these probably five, five people a day. Wow. For five years. Wow. So it was cool because I also delivered all the oxygen to all the nursing care facilities in the county. So like Gary V talks about, right? Go spend some time in a nursing care facility. I did for five years. They all talk about the same kind of five things. And it was like, yo, this is what it came down to. Maybe four or five. Because I always, always, always asked, hey, what what advice could you give me as a 15-year-old? What advice can you give me as a 16-year-old? Well, kid, hey, Sonny, here's what I got for you. (laughs) And it was like, don't marry too young. 
travel the world, don't care about money too much. And then the last one that always, always, oh, I'm sorry, health, take care of your health. And the last one, which I'm telling you was super popular, have as much sex as you can. <laughs> it was straight up these horny old elderly people. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and you know how it is. I'm I like, thought I thought you were gonna say something really deep. No, like, yeah. no, not at all. Ah. Horny fucks, man. It was oh, like, my, yeah. It was awesome though. It was so real, right? Breaking those walls down. So long, long story short, long-winded answer. I finally got to that point. I'm tired of being here. I don't want to be here, and I don't have to be. I've worked hard for it. So that's what I did. It was like that moment was a switch for that perfect day. How did you set yourself up to have the perfect day, like in your business to keep things moving? Because you obviously have still a big business and you're very yeah. active in real estate yeah. and you're doing all these things. What kind of changes did you make to set yourself up to be able to do the things that you want to do and the things you're good at doing and then, you know, yeah. figure out the rest? Um, you know, as much as I talk about like not wanting to be that egotistical dude, you know, we all have an ego. We all have confidence, right? And so it's a balance between an ego or having confidence and humility, right? I think several years ago, I did. I, re, I reached out to a business group and I thought, boy, I'm, I'm kind of stagnant at a certain income amount, right? You know, it was seven figures, but I wanted like high seven figures. And so what was the problem? And I kept thinking it was the team or some systems or some processes or the product. No, it wasn't. It was me, right? It's always you. Mm-hmm. You are your problem, and you are your solution, right? Let that sink in, dude. Yeah. You are your problem and you are your solution. So I had to be humble enough to say, I'm the problem and I don't see it. So I had to ask for help. So I reached out, met with a couple different people, found an, an entrepreneur's group here in town, and it was just a perfect fit. And the people in that group were a perfect fit, right? And it was the kind of conversation of, hey, Nick, cool, great dude, but here's your problem. X, Y, and Z. And like one of the leaders in that group within like the first hour of meeting him in my office, hearing me out for 20, 30 minutes. And it was just like, bam, 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 wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Here's what you need to do. And I was like, dude, what just happened? It was awesome how he could totally tear me apart. And, and like everything, it roots back to your childhood. And this is why you're stuck because you're scared. And, and then, you know, the risk of going back to homelessness or blah, blah, blah. So it was just a sick cycle. So, you know, that was probably the moment of like, hey, how do I change, right? Reach out for help. Ask for help. There's a lot of it out there. Yeah. So, I mean, especially nowadays, too, even if you, like, your excuse is that you can't afford it or something. I mean, it's like there's mm-hmm. plenty of advice out there. Totally. Free. And the people that you couldn't find are not everybody's willing, you know, look, somebody that might not be on YouTube or Instagram yeah. or whatever, if you know them, like you said, is if you actually just pick up the phone call them and they're a good person, there's a good chance they may be like, you know what? I'll give you an hour. Come meet me here or there. Or like you said, what can you do for them? Bring them lunch. Say, can I bring you lunch? You got to eat anyways, right? Like whatever. And this is a big difference because over the years, I've actually recently, maybe within the last couple of years, you know, you would say, man, I really want to meet with this big owner or that big owner. And then we would talk again and you'd be like, yeah, I met with them. I Mm -hmm. sat down with them. I talked to them for an hour. Mm -hmm. I sat down, I hung out with them for half the day. I, did all this stuff. So it's like, I can guarantee you there's not many people, if any, really even asking these guys this question. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you had the balls to mm-hmm. go and ask them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no is fine. No is not going to kill you. Right. But yes, could change your life. Totally. And it's definitely, oh I'm but sure you, it's helped but, you in But you still, like, they're going to tell well you something, said. but you still got to do the, you still, like, you can, they could say do this, but it's up to you to go back and go, I got to execute on right. that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Here's another thing that I've been realizing too, is that you are going out, Throughout your life, you're we're finding new investor groups, right? Entrepreneurial, you know, groups that are you wanting to excel. You're wanting to find that new person with that new advice, mm-hmm. dude. Sometimes it's just the new advice is the same damn advice coming from a different person, but you feel better because it's the fresh, new, shiny object, right? I can tell you that the guys in the groups that we're in now, right, big time players, hundred million mastermind, like there's a lot of lot of dudes in there, right? They're saying and talk about the same things of the guys that told me the same, you know, foundation principles 20 years ago. It's all, it's just get to work, right? No, no risk, no reward, get after it and go like, so. And shit happens to them. They have fear. They, they are dealing with 
problems too. Totally, but man. what I think they realize is they push through it once, they just can push through it faster next time and faster again. Yeah. And I think once they sat here and got to this level, they're like, oh, I can stay here. There's nobody said there's not going to be problems mm -hmm. at this level, but they're not good. They don't go back here because they've learned how to stay up there, you know? Yeah. I think it's that old saying too, like get comfortable being uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. if you're just constantly putting yourself in a position where you're just super comfortable all the time and everything feels easy and, you know, a lot of people want to be the big guy in the room, mm -hmm. so they don't want to feel small because that's uncomfortable. It's like, you know, you get uncomfortable a handful of times, it starts getting a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. You're like, okay, I've been doing this a lot lately. It's not, it doesn't feel as uncomfortable anymore. Totally. No, really good point. So one of the things I was going to ask you is Crystal and I talk about this and we talked about it too, is like, um, I think when I look at you is like some of the strengths were like this, the no fear to go talk to people, mm -hmm. to go up to somebody and joke around and break the ice when people don't get it. But I'm like, but that's able you to get them on another level and then you can ask them deep questions quicker. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing too is um, like for the real estate thing is a lot of people are rest in real estate, do all this, but a lot of people, you know, they're flipping homes, but it's taking them 90 days mm. instead of 30 days or mm. whatever the number is. Right. And mm -hmm. I think one of your strength is, is that, you know, we've complimented you, but you've also been complimented by other people is, um, being able to, e. well, not even that <laughs> you have learned how to acquire a property. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question too, coming up about that. You've learned how to acquire a property, like, like mm -hmm. on market, off market. Totally. And then you learn how to close in that property quickly and execute on the rehab and sell to move on to the next one. Right. And I think the question I'm going to ask is, I didn't even know this, but we did when we were doing our uh, Thursday call, remember you did mm -hmm. it for mm -hmm. um, Avengers. Yeah. And somebody said, where do you find all your deals? Mm -hmm. And his answer, I was like, wait a minute, what? And I was shocked here and I know you. So what is your answer? How do you find out? Where do you find most of your deals? MLS. Yeah. It's on the MLS. And I'm like, how is that possible? Everyone's always like, how is that possible? I just had a guy in the office yesterday like, dude, are you, you seriously find a lot of your deals on the, on the MLS? I'm like, yeah. There's a group out of, uh, that's throughout the country. And uh, you have to flip over 100 houses a year. You have to be invited to this group. There's over 100 guys. They're all top-notch top flippers. And I was, swear to God, like the only dude in there that was doing MLS deals. And they're like, how are you doing that? There's deals. It, listen, all of them work, right? You can do mailers, cold calls, text messages, uh, you know. TV. TV, yeah, Radio, bro, like all of it, MLS. The system is this. Find what you're good at, put a process in, in place, put the people in place, and then lightly manage. Move on to the next, right? Do that with several different ways of finding deals. And then, you know, you might find that you're not good at PPC, paid per click. We're good at MLS deals. I was going to say, um, it's kind of funny because we've worked together on a handful of deals too. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the transaction usually is like, is this guy real? Can he like really do this? Yeah. And I'm like, really? Mm. Have you, do you know his track record? Mm. And yeah, I know this seems impossible, but I'm sure he's going to get it. And then you actually outperform yeah. on these deals. You do it quicker. You rent the units for more. You do all the things that they thought were absolutely impossible that mm. appraisers didn't forecast that, you know, everybody thought you were crazy and they weren't, you know, you're a little like goofy and wild and yeah. they're like, this guy's a little goofy. Like, yeah, is he totally. really going to close? He's hot, but I mean, he's goofy. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what Kenny said it. I didn't say yeah. it. So I <laughs> think too, like you do have the confidence to believe in yourself, but I, I feel like the biggest thing that you're good at, and you've said this to me before mm. and you're, you've sort of touched on it now, but I think mm. it, it should not be left out that you're very good at processes and systems yeah. and you know your shit. Like you yeah. do the underwriting and the numbers and you believe in your numbers and you go. No, your shit. Right. Yeah. So no, most people shit. doubt all this stuff. Oh, is the market going to turn? Oh, is it this? Oh, yeah. what if it, not that? So they talk themselves out of this stuff. And right. I, I don't feel like you operate that way. Oh my God. So many good things come to mind. Okay. I want to talk about three things really fast. I want to talk about the 10 unit building we did because everyone was like, what the hell's going on? And we worked on this deal together. There was a 10 unit apartment building here in San Diego. We go into escrow. It was a 45 day escrow. On day two, I asked the seller, hey, do you mind if I start to renovate the exterior of the units? They're like, well, why? You listen, gonna... folks, listen. Yeah, this is good. This is, this like, is, no, this is most listen. people don't do this. No, yeah. listen, if you're, this is one you got to snip yes. out. Yeah, this is where you got to get creative yep. and get the sense of urgency on fire, right? So how do I flip this building as fast as humanly possible? At 45 days of just wasting, I'm sitting there. What are we doing? We're not making any progress or productivity while we're sitting there waiting. 
well, I've got the time, I've got the team and the money to do it. So I go to the seller, hey, day two, I'd like to, in, I'd like to invest over $100,000 on the exterior of the building. We're going to remove trees. We're going to paint the building where there's a brand new roof that needs to go on over hundred grand. they are like, well, that sounds crazy. If you, you know if you don't close at the end of the 45 days, we get to like keep that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's how much I believe in myself. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Guys go in, they start renovating. Day four, I say, I'd like to start removing the tenants before I close escrow to renovate the building and the inside of the unit. She's like, this is crazy. I've never heard of anything like this. Okay, well, what, do you, what will make you feel comfortable letting me do this? Well, I'm going to lose income. Good. What are you making every month? 10000 I guarantee the 10000 And as a matter of fact, I add on top of that, I'm going to give you $100,000 non-refundable released already to you. So hear me out. I'm going to invest over $100,000 on the exterior building. I'm going to guarantee your rents that if at the end of 45 days, I will, I will, you'll have that income. And I'm going to in, give you hundred grand, And then I'm going to also invest around twenty-five dollars to $30,000 per unit. So if at the end of the 45 days, you have a brand new exterior, brand new interior. $500,000 invested, basically. Thank you. And you can release those back up for even more money. Here's what happened. On day 45, 43... The seller has to do a final walk or a final inspection, right? She goes out to drive the property to meet us. She can't find the property. She calls us the broker and was like, I really don't know where my property's at. It changed that dramatically. Trees removed, fencing, parking lots, windows, everything. It was a completely different property. We laughed when she finally was like, yo, this is the property. She's like, you flipped and leased out 80 to 90% of a building while in escrow? Guys, that's what I'm talking about. Get creative, get bold, ask the questions. That's how you make money. This is how you're doing it. So who's flipping a 10-unit apartment building in escrow? I am. Who did it before? I don't know if anyone did it before. I'm sure that there probably might, might be. It's really low of a risk. No, somebody that's done a house, but not yeah, a apartment. house, yeah. sure. We, we can yeah. do that too, but <laughs> this is 10 time. units. Yeah. This is also in the midst of middle of COVID. Everyone's freaking out, fear-based thinking and mindset, right? You are one of the no, few people that no, are co- even confident by It's beyond that. Happening. It's yeah. beyond that. COVID. Yeah. We just got rent control. Yes. Then there's a eviction moratorium in. And it's it's like and everybody is like like fear mode totally. of like we've never seen in our life. And that's when you're like I talk to clients every day who are like, Yeah, we're not really doing the rehab thing because you know you can't get people out anymore. Oh and I'm God. like, Oh, you can't. Well, we're gonna yeah. well, well There's well, that, this guy, Nick, I know, and he does it all and, the time. And, and it's funny because <laughs> We probably both go back and forth using each yes. other's stories totally. to tell people because we, we all respect each other in the game here. So people call me up now and they're like, hey, I was telling you a story. Like, hey, I got to get somebody out and this and that. And I go, look, it's, I'm talking to realtors. I go, look, look, this is what you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to get screwed. Well, how do you know? I'm like, well, first of all, I know that I could do it, but I also know Nick or other people doing it. Okay, so let me tell you what he's doing. Okay, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. And then two months later, the deal I told you about, they're now doing it. But Nick, how, you know, people are like, I got to buy a building. I got rent control. I can't get them out. And basically tell everybody, how are you getting people out? Not just on a five unit building, but on like 30 units. What is the strategy that's working today? First and foremost, like we keep talking about, it's your mindset. And as stupid and as small as it sounds, I really want to like pound that into your head. That is where it starts. You are going to set that, that thermostat on I can or can't do something. So again, you can do it. You got to ask. You never know until you ask. Here's what I'm doing. The rent control came in. The moratorium came in. Can't evict anybody. I hear it on a daily basis. I mean, literally investors wanting to invest and one of them was like, yo, there's no way they're going to get this guy out. And so I'll give you a prime example. Three months, uh, probably uh, four months ago, we picked up 30 condos. There's 28 tenants. Every broker and investor that I talked to was like, dude, there's no way you're getting these people out in less than a year. Two months after owning the property, 26 tenants are moved. What are we doing? We're going back to the basics of what works best. Customer service. Yes, I could be hardcore, cutthroat, da-da-da, business, whatever. I'm joking. I'm funny. I want to laugh. I want a good time. But at the end of the day, customer service always wins, right? So what most people are not doing is talking to the tenants because there's a lot of fear-based, pushing legal bullshit. Hey, you can't do this. You can't offer them this. You can't do that. You can't. I'm 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 done with talking about the the cans. What can we do? So we can talk to someone. So I hire a team of four people, right? Customer service. Let's go out to these tenants. Let's explain to them what what the legal rules are. 
here's what could happen. We're going to fight you. We're going to put this much money towards the attorneys. And if it all goes our way, there'll be credit issues, evictions on your, on your record, blah, 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 blah. That always is a shock to the face, and then the anger comes in. But what we're really here to do is offer you a solution. We care about you. We care about your family. We care about your kids, and we want to help. That sets the tone a different way, right? We give a damn. We want to know what school district you're in. We want to know what the minimum amount of bedrooms and bathrooms you're looking at is. We want to help you with the resources of how, here's the websites where you can find rentals. These are the top websites in this order. Use them. Or also, if you need it, going to have someone help you look for something. If you need letters of recommendation, if you need help moving or storage, you need deposits down in your new place, we will help you. We're there for you. And then it turns into, I've been a renter for 10, 20, 30 years, and I've never in my life had any owner come help me this much. Thank you so much, and let me give you like reviews online. That's the secret. It's not that complicated. Like I said, you're going to meet new guys and people that are really experienced or 20, 30 years ago that you've met. It's the basics. Go back to the basics. I Give mean, a damn. People, people used to, I mean, you know, some of our mentors here locally, yeah. they, when they were young, here to get rent. Like, they didn't call this. They knocked on the right. door and showed up like a human being and said, hey, what's going on? Right. Okay, well, can you give me some? Like, this is what it is. You're just going back to, like, right. the technology and just... People right. are so scared to talk to tenants. Dude, and they, so. they hate it, and they don't want to do it, and then they kind of are already on the defense because they're already nervous about it. Right. And then that's where things blow up. Dude, be vulnerable with your feelings, right? Hey, it's okay to say to someone at the start of a conversation, I'm Nick... I work with the management company. I work with the owner. I represent the owner. And I have some news that's uncomfortable for me to talk about with you. That breaks down the walls. Just be real. Just be real. Be okay with talking about your feelings. Active listen. Right? Seek to understand, then to be understood. Seven habits of highly effective people. Really, listen. You're going to find out what's going on with them. And if you have a solution or you can think of a solution or you need a day or two to think about a solution, you can't help. So that's what's working. Customer service, man. Go straight back to it. I'm telling you, it works really, really well. What makes, um, so let's talk about how fast you turn things around. Yeah. Give us three, five tips of where basically it's like what you need to be, like why you're so great at. And then, and obviously like where people are missing the mark or whatever. Um, so it's funny because I'm like in this spot with my company where I'm trying to change the culture a little bit. We have some like uh, we have some principles, but I'd say one that comes up in my mind first and foremost is sense of urgency. It's very nonchalant. You take these contractors' word. You you feel good about them when you meet them, but there's not enough due diligence happening on the front end to first and foremost finding the guys consistently, right, and then qualifying them consistently. And then getting their bids on a job, right? And then making clear in writing, you know, metrics of what it is the expectations are on both parties. Hi, Kenny. You say you can renovate this property in 25 days and your bid is $50,000. Do you see any reason that it's going to go over 25 days other than rain or city shut you down or whatever the issues that we can't control, right? Maybe holidays, you've accounted for all of those things. Weekends, 25 days is where you're at, right? Okay, they get, you know, they agree to that. Let's put it at 30, and what I want to do is put a late, late a penalty in there. I'm not in the game of babysitting. You're a grown-ass man. I'm a grown-ass man or woman, right? Not me being the woman, but you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so what, what I, I want to explain that, of why I need to put that penalty in there. I have hard money costs, I have investors, and when they don't get their cash, it costs me money. Time is money. So if you're okay with it, I'd like to give you a little bit of a buffer and the, and the penalties in place. That sounds good. That simple little tip, that little trick put in place is going to help them know, listen, there's going to be a sting. And it could be $250 a day, $500, $1,000 a day. I've had $2,000 a day late penalties. And it's all calculated off of how much is the property costing me per day? I'm talking property taxes, insurance, you know, everything. Hard money fees stretched over 365 a year, 365 days a year. What does that break down per day? Every day. Those things really matter, right? And then having clear metrics of independent contractor agreements. 
which outlines exactly what the expectations are of the overall, overall job. The scope of work with the SKU numbers, the products, the photos of exactly what they're looking to, they're looking to buy, what my expectations are. The last thing I want to do is have you, a contractor, call me for anything. Not a damn thing. Unless it's money. Saying, I'm done, send your project manager out here, or come check the job. And there should be no excuse. Because that's all, that scope of work is backed up with a progress payment. Right? So week one, I expect all demolition to be done by this date and then you'll get X, right? You'll get $10,000 when these things are done and by this date. It's important to understand that that date should be met. It's a four-week job. Every week they're supposed to get a payment. If a week and a half goes by and you have not cut a check to a contractor, what does that tell you? They're behind. You as the investor should be pushing that money out as fast as you can. And if you're not, that's another checks and balances, knowing that you're not, you're not ahead of the game. So you might need to go out there and check it out, see what's going on. The last thing I'll say is that there's a calendar. I actually printed it out and brought it with me. There's a calendar of showing you how to, or showing the, the contractor when in the job should he be ordering, right? So in week one, You'll have an Excel spreadsheet. So if you guys are listening on podcast, jump on the video and watch this, right? You'll have week, you'll have all the things that need to get done, right? So on the left-hand side, right-hand side, wherever you're seeing this, is going to be windows and trim and flooring and refrigerators and appliances, et cetera, et cetera. In that first week, you'll have a little circle with an O and an O. Those O's mean order. You're going to order your windows and your kitchen cabinets the first week. Why? Because in week two or three, that's when you're going to install, Right? So you order your flooring the week before you need it. A, a contractor, any, any, any human can look at that schedule and go, okay, here's clearly lined out what I need to get done this week. I need to order these materials and there's blocks that are, that are blacked out for demo, some rough electrical, plumbing, et cetera. This should all be done this week. So there's several steps, right? Independent contractor agreement, scope of work. There's a calendar with a visual of how and what you should get done that week. And, if those, and the payment schedule. And if that's not getting done, you're not sending the money out. Those are several. There's like four different metrics, checks and balances to making sure that they're not getting, you know, they're, they're on, on pace. The other thing I'll tell you is that a lot of guys don't have what I call the three to five rule. They have one contractor they know for that job. You should have three to five backups, qualified backups. And here's what I mean by that. When you first get started, you're going to try your best to find the best contractors, right? You're going to go to your local RIA meetings. You're going to find them at Home Depot. You're going to go on title search and find that I just closed a job 30 days ago. Go poach my contractor. If you offer him something better, he's going to bounce. He's a grown-ass man, and I can't control him. So what you do is you'll have your guys on the first job. Once you've had a successful flip with one, two, three, four you know, flips with one guy, you know he's reliable. You know his prices come in. You know when the change orders come in, he's not trying to gouge you. So... You go to start a new construction house, right? A new flip. You start not with the guy that you're comfortable with. You start with the new guy. So that if the new guy halfway through starts getting squirrely and is not on, on point, see you later, bro. He's out. And your reliable guy is in. What happens too often is investors and general contractors are not. They don't have another three to five guys lined up behind them. They get comfortable and it's easy. Totally. And it's more work to have the three to five backups. Exactly. Yeah. And you make these calendars, though? Does your team? No, the project manager. I mean, I used yeah, to. But. Right. That's amazing. I feel like there are so many good tips in there because I... Yeah, they're really... That was good. I have seen your uh, contracts and the scope of work on some of the projects that you've done. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a scope of work or a contract the way that you have yours. Thanks. And they're long yeah. because there was literal skew numbers right. for which you know, uh, stuff was going to be used, hardware and finishes and all that good stuff. And I was like, wow, how smart because you guys do all the heavy lifting up front. So that way you can relax through the process. And I think too many times people rely on their contractor to tell them when they're going to get the job done. Totally. Instead of, no, you're the boss. This is your property. You have carrying costs. Why rely rely on someone else to make you money or save you money? Explain to them, right? They want to know and... You know, there's some like beginner amateur fears of, well, if they find out how much money I'm making, then they're going to jack my prices up. And there's truth to that. But if they do feel that way, they're not the right guy. Right. It's not a good fit, right? Let me add another little tip in there. 
you can take that scope of work that you make, and it's probably about five pages long. And when you go to sell that house, when you fill out your, and I'm not sure what state you're in, but here in California, we have SBQ and TDS, right? Seller property questionnaire, transfer disclosure statement. You're supposed to disclose everything that you know is wrong with the house. Well, I met with the legal counsel, head legal counsel of California realtors and several attorneys and said, hey, what I want to do is I'm just going to fill out every time we know of an, of an issue, we'll check the box. And then the notes section, when you're supposed to fill out, I'll say, see scope of work. Mm-hmm. I disclose everything to them that we've done every single time. Look at the scope of work. Here's a list. Here's five pages of everything we've done, the paint colors we've used, any wood rot we've done. Here's the termite stuff. There was a foundation issue. Cool. Here's the engineer's information. Here was his scope of work. We did it to scope of work. He signed off on it. Disclose it all. If the buyer doesn't want to buy your property after you've disclosed that, you don't want to sell it to them. Yeah, I mean, some people just have no business owning. And secondly, like you said, even for me, you know, there's been times where we're not, we haven't been as organized and you go to do a unit turn and you're like, mm-hmm. what paint color is that? What faucet totally. is that? What's this? And so you're saying, I mean, they basically have a guide of everything you used right. in there that they can refer back to, which most people don't have. And I'll tell property. you, hundreds and hundreds of houses later, nobody's ever complained about it. They've always been like, wow, thank you. Thank you for not only showing me what paint color it is and where you got the tile and, and, the, and the bandages, et cetera, but you left over some materials too. Touch-ups, something tile breaks, whatever. So they appreciate it. They want to know. Well, that's the most detailed. I, I think the majority of people, I mean, I hate to say it because we're dealing in, you know, what, smaller properties depending on, you know, yeah. where you're at. Yeah. And so you have a lot of these kind of mom pa types that are not organized and they're not putting mm-hmm. this stuff together. I mean, we do so many deals where people don't even know what their income and expenses are. Like they don't even have mm-hmm. a PL, let alone a guide mm-hmm. to no, say what materials they've used and all the work they've totally. done and all of that. So that's huge. Yeah. No, it's What's the nice. best way to find new contractors? Um, <clears throat> I would say a, a few ways, right? Um, finding your local Home Depot's but not just any local Home Depot or Lowe's. Call around, find the busiest one, right? It's all about metrics. What can we do? How can we make sure that if we only had four hours a day to do what we wanted to get done, what's the biggest you know, return on investment of your time? Go to every Home Depot at any time of the day? No. Get on the phone. Like probably the Fairmont one over here or something like that. Yeah. Sure. Or I would think it would be something different. Yeah. I don't want to guess. So one of the cultures in my office is don't tell me what you think, tell me what you know. I like that. Do you think, I don't care what you think, bro. Tell me what you know. What do you know? And if you don't know, go find it out. So what I mean by that is this. Call, how many Home Depots are in San Diego? Let's just guess, 20, maybe 30. How long is it going to take you to call 30? Probably all day if you, if you wait online, da, 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 right? But what you're trying to do is find out which one does the most volume. Maybe it's online. And then find out from those top five Home Depots, what are your busiest days and what is your busiest times? That's when you know you're making an impact. You're going in not with a shotgun approach, going to all Home Depots in town. You're going with a sniper, bro. You get, you're in there. You know exactly what. Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. That's when the most Home Depot, that's when the most contractors are there at the National City Home Depot. Go inside. Talk with, with, the, with the pro desk. Get to know the guys. Let them know what you're doing. It's been a long time since I did this, but I, I did stop by Home Depot last or two weekends ago. And I stopped in, talked to the pro desk. I said, hey, what's the best way for me to get more contractors to help me out with my jobs? I flip a bunch of houses. I want to bring business to you guys. If I can help, you know, ha- have them work on my jobs, they come here. He's like, dude, I'm like, can I, can I stop? Can I hang in the parking lot or just as they exit? He just came up with a eureka idea. He's like, dude, why would you go outside? Look at that long line. There's 30 guys in line standing doing nothing. I'm like, no, they're waiting in line. They're always waiting in line. I'm like, damn, dude, that's actually a really good idea. They're, they've just mm. been through Home Depot. They're, ra- they're rushing, rushing, rushing. They just waited in a line. They check out and then they go outside and you're like, hey, hey, let me talk to you for two seconds. Steal which, more time. Dude, yeah. let, me go, let me go hang with you in line. Yo, I got some side jobs and I want to make it quick. I got some side jobs. Are you looking for more work? Most guys don't say no. Let me give you my information. Boom, boom, boom. Next one. That's it. So that's, that's how so you smart. find the best. That's how you find the best. I'm that's, sorry. That's one damn way. Yeah. Okay. A couple of the quick, fast ones. Go to your local RIA meetings, right? Your local real estate investor meetings. There's contractors there. There's other investors. There's flippers. You can find them there. Crazy enough, man, you're going to find good guys at the building department. Yeah. 
You'll find good guys. You'll know the active guys. You'll talk to the city. You'll talk to the city workers. I've done this before. They literally go, I can't recommend anyone. Okay, cool. I get it, bro. Like, I know you can't recommend anyone, but if you had to give me like a couple, so you're not being, you know, biased, who would you say? Okay, cool. Well, maybe you should try out this guy, this guy, this guy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Get your answer, right? Home Depot's building apartment. Um, another good one is is basically like I mentioned earlier. You want to do it smart. Go find which investors have closed the last thirty days with cash. Now, you have the strategy. Are you going to do it? Do we do it that way? You know, we have in the past, and I've had guys call me up literally here in town. Go, bro. I know you guys stopped by the job to take my dude. Can you like? Can you like lay off my dude? He's like my guy. I'm like. All right, bro. Like, I get it. He's your dude. I'm not, I'm not going to step on your toes. I'm not going to be an asshole about it. But like, all right, we'll leave him alone. But for the most part, most guys always want more work. So if you want structured, strategic way of finding guys, go look at the title record. You go to your local title rep, pull the records for the last 30 days, 45 days that have, that have purchased properties with cash. Okay, well, then they're probably going to be, and I'd say almost like the, that have closed in the last five to 30 days. Because the first couple of days, most guys aren't getting started. Right. And go during a time of the day where they're working five o'clock at night after hours is not going to work. So common sense stuff. Those are some really good tips. It's pretty good, honestly. I mean, I think that's I mean, I feel like. People are struggling with that, too, because it's tough to find workers right now. Oh, totally. What's your biggest challenge right now in your business? Honestly, it is that it's we don't we, we don't really have an issue with deal flow. It's construction. It's always the biggest pain in the ass department. So that's why there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of systems put in place for that. And we're not perfect, right? They're just, we're just not, nobody is. But I can tell you right now, knowing a lot, of a, a lot of the other investors here in town, the jobs that we're flipping in 21 to 30 days are taking other guys like 60 days, double those times, right? It's crazy. And really it has to do with like the day, it's, the day you close escrow is the day you start, which means... You need to call your three to five, your 10 new contractors 20 days before you close. And if you've got a fast closing 10 days, my rule of thumb is I want the contract signed five business days before we close escrow. I want you to know what the layout is, what the scope of work is. Everything's lined up. Contractor signed in. We have a copy of all of his, you know, his uh, insurances were added as an additional insured. There's no question about this guy can get his materials lined up, his workers lined up. He knows where his next job is, and he's off to the races. So again, it is con- it's construction, but all of those little tiny things, and there's probably like 50 to 100 of tiny little little things that you got to do, but it'll make your jobs more efficient. And the last thing I'll say on that is. If you look back, if you're an investor that does volume, you'll see what's killing you is time. And whether you know it or not, we've stopped. And we've looked at and worked on the business, not in the business. Look at your cost. Your cost, your holding cost. When buyers fall out of escrow for some reason, oh, dude, it's just another 15 to 30 days. Have property inspectors go in after your contractor's there. Get ahead of it. You're going to have to do it anyways. So why not just do it before it's asked? That's really smart. I feel like probably at least 95% of the other investors that we know or that are in our area are not doing any of the things that you just mentioned. I mean, they might do, somebody might be doing one or two of these things, but these are all things that help you get ahead and have the speed that everyone is running it like a business. It's not a hobby. Right. Exactly. And like you said earlier, what's your perfect day? I don't want it to be a lot of last minute bullshit. Your emergency and lack of planning is not my problem. And you might need to feel the burn. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. You should be. So you don't make that same mistake. And if you do, then you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. So basically, it's like, sum it up. It's a lot of upfront work. Right. A lot of getting your shit together. Right. The whole then, thing is. Yeah. Whether you're flipping a house and trying to plan the flip or plan your life. Yeah. Think about 20, 30 years from now, right? Yeah. That's literally the, the biggest picture and the smallest picture. What can happen next week? Feel like you dropped a lot of bombs here okay yeah i love it a lot yeah Good. for sure yeah there's a lot of like stuff that you could literally take action on today yeah. Yeah. that you've said in this hour or however long we've been here so so before we wrap up yes it's been, which is crazy we could probably talk for two hours how long was it 
About an hour. Really? Yeah, right? Damn. I know. We have to do maybe a part two. Davison is full of nuggets. Well, no, but we have to do a part two because I think there's a lot we could dive in. Yeah, totally. Because there's a lot. There's just a lot of history. So I'm I'm coming back whenever you guys want. Yeah. And I think so. I think to wrap this up is a lot of people that we talk to, you talk to, it's like they want to get into the real estate game. They want to buy a house. They want to, they see, they see you, not maybe the lifestyle, but like, I want to have that side income. I want to do this. So we talk about this all the time yeah. and all weekend was like, Hey, can I want to talk about something? And I was like, okay, let me just ask you a question. Do you want a job or do you want to invest your money? Right. Oh, I don't want another job. Right. Give Nick your money. Give this guy your money. Right. Give that person your money. Right. So somebody does want to go into, Hey, I want to, I'm, I'm this, I have a job and I want to go flip. Or I want to go full time into what's your biggest piece of advice to, for someone that wants to get into flipping. Yeah. The, Let's just say flipping or buying. Sure. Yeah, totally. I would ask you and anyone listening, if somebody wanted to get into the career that you're in, what's the best way that they would do that, right? Would they do it on their own or would and could, if they could, pay you to show them the ropes and cut all the corners and save the five to 10 to 20 years of experience? I did it the stupid way. I made money. I lost the money. I came down to San Diego. I invested myself. I thought to myself, let me take this 20, 30 grand and instead of go paying a, paying a coach, I'm going to go do it myself. I made a lot of dumb mistakes. And the plus 700 house, 750 house flips that I've done could have been over a couple thousand. And one of that is risk tolerance. But I would have saved, saved the time. I'll give you a prime example. There's a guy that I know. He's a licensed broker, right? I was doing an open house, showing everyone how I found the house, financed it, constructed it, and flipped it. And most importantly, hey, what's the profit? What would you make? Right? He meets us. He comes up to us afterwards. He's like, Nick, you're the realest dude I'm, I've met. And I'm like, I'm seriously interested in like finally figuring out who I can like pay to help me coach. Okay, talk to me. What's the deal? Well, I've been looking for houses and I can't. It's been over a year. I can't find any good deals. Dude, you're a broker. You can't find any deals? What's the problem? Cool. He pays us, he pays us our fee. And his first 30 days, he finds a deal. He flips it and he makes like $62,000. Do I know this person? Huh? Yeah. Won't mention names, but yeah. he's here locally. Yeah. Okay, good. He pays us twenty five grand. Most people would trip out on that money. You're gonna pay twenty five thousand dollars to get taught how to flip a house? Yeah, bro. Because after thirty days, he made the sixty two thousand. He's on his way now too. Oh, he's on his way, man. Yeah. Multiple deals, multiple wholesales, new construction. That's awesome. So that's the secret. You want to get into something? I don't care if it's real estate or not. You want to go into stocks? You want to go into flipping, you know, businesses or selling t-shirts, whatever it is, go find someone that's been doing it for over 10 years. Hopefully they'll give you time, not free time, because I get bombarded with that. And it's cool. You're going to get an hour. Are you willing to pay people? Come on. Dude, you're going to, everyone's going to give potentially And just to stop here, like, because I want to be clear with people, because I think people think this, if you hire Nick and he's $25,000, let me just break this to you. As much, that might be a lot for you. That's not changing his life. You didn't give him $2.5 million. You gave him twenty five. So everybody thinks, like, I'm giving all this money. It's still him helping you out because $25,000 to Nick maybe 10 years ago is a big well, deal. Well, to make you half no, a million not, dollars or a million but dollars. Just, or, but I'm just saying it's not monumental, but right. it can be monumental for you. Well, I'm so happy you said that because last week, and he's solidifying the deal today, we had a coaching student come in, wants to pay 100 Gs for uh, apartment coaching. And it's a lot of money. And I said, hey, respectfully, bro, just so you know, I'm going to show you three to four or five deals that I'm working on. Here's one that, that we will take away from our time of finding more deals, I guess, to help you because you paid us 100 grand. It's not worth our time because look at this deal right here. It's already done. It's selling. We're making 900 grand on it. This next deal here, we're making $1.6 million on it. Do you think I care about your 100 Gs? I don't. I care about you. And this is what we're doing, and we're not doing it with everybody. But I, I just don't have the time, right? I don't want to make the time, and that's okay to say that. But for the guys that are serious, the girls that are serious, I want to make a change, dude, you better, you better hope that they're open to you paying them to show them the ropes. Well, and this is the thing, too, I, I say to people all the time. I mean, I think, you know, if you're a pro football player or basketball player, you have a coach. They, they walk mm. you through things. In fact, they have multiple coaches. They have yes. people that help them exercise, right, and people that, you know, adjust them and people who coach them on their strategies. So it's even like, you know, us, if you're a couple and you go to couples counseling, you can see mm. these things where it's like you kind of knew most of it, 
but there's like one little nugget and it's the tiniest little tweak that will change your entire mindset. Like a real estate broker that's coming to you for real estate coaching. Yes. He was probably missing the mark slightly on a couple of things, but that changed his entire trajectory. Just knowing those couple things. I'll give you one example that helped me get from the house open game to the apartment game. First of all, there was two, there was a lot of people that helped me influence that. One of them was you guys. You guys inspired me to do that. I know about the stories of you guys helping other investors, like exploding, exploding their net worth, right? So you guys were an inspiration for, for, for me from day one. Second of all, I was, I was doing my business, training my acquisition guys, and one question I'm always telling them, to, telling them to say at the end of every phone call, is there anything else you got for me to look at? Cool. Well, sure enough, there was an apartment deal. Oh, dude, it's so powerful. I mean, don't let that one slip. That one's so stupid. Let me tell you what that silly little one-liner made us. Made us a deal come through that was a nine-unit complex. I was going to wholesale it and make $50,000 quick wholesale fee. Boom, dang. Cha-ching, let's go. Next. No, I had my mentor, who I didn't have to pay for, which was nice, tell me, Nick, we are in the game of, of apartments. We have thousands of them. You guys know who I'm talking about. He said, shut up. Buy the damn thing and thank me later. Okay, I did it. We bought the property for seven hundred thousand. Six years later, I flipped it and made one point three million dollars on just the equity. That's not even the several hundred thousand dollars of net cash flow it made. Mm-hmm. Do you see what happened there? Right, paying for that, paying for that time. I didn't even pay for them to get that coach, and and asking that one little liner. That was that one little tweak that I learned from a different guy that taught me. And I'm like, how are you getting so many deals? I hang out with them. I drive around properties with them. I'm like, he's like, I don't know. I just work. I just do it. I just go. I just go. I'm like, no, dude, your secret sauce is you always ask, is there anything else you have that I can look at? That was a big takeaway that got me to make that $1.3 million. I'm not saying it was the sole reason, but look at the little tweak like you just said. That's a nugget right there. It's a huge nugget. And dude. that person didn't even know that that was his own secret sauce. Didn't even know. Sauce. Yeah. Seriously. Powerful. That's amazing. I love it. Um. Where can people find you, learn more about you, or if they want to pay you $17 million for coaching? It's up to 17 and a half <laughs> right after this podcast. So yeah, thank you guys. I'll send you your fee. Um, you can find us on Nick Davis and Flips on Instagram. Um, and I think there's a Nick Davis and Flips website. It's as simple as it is. You'll get a hold of us there. Contact us, hit us up with any questions. And if we, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind helping out, but after the second or third time, if you don't take the action, on what we've already told you to do, and don't contact me. <laughs> I love it. It's real. So we always ask one final question. Yeah. What's your uh, definition of generational wealth? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would used to think, I, I, I would, 10 years ago, I would say a million dollars of, uh, you know, passive cash flow coming in, mailbox money. That's not really my thing now. My generational wealth is balance in life with happiness and then properly using that leverage to like fulfill your experience, right? Because again, if the money's not a thing and there's no budget, who are you, right? I want my kids and my family to understand that I want them to spend a lot of time figuring out who they are. You do that with the money. The money doesn't make you. The money either increases, you know, if you're an asshole and you got $10 million, you're probably going to be a bigger asshole. So just be a good person, balance, work, strive, certainty, uncertainty, just always be growing, and I'd say just utilizing the real estate cash flow, you know, to, to live your life, to have that experience that's exciting. I love it. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty uh, bomb-ass episode there. Thanks, man. Yeah, free coaching, guys, right there. Yeah, it's your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.